Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it's a wide open! Remarkable! Touchdown! Buffalo! Davis again! This is... Uh, it just is impossible! A laser beam! Dawson Knox! Touchdown! Buffalo! Allen gets out of the pocket. We know how dangerous he is with his legs. And there he goes! Josh Allen! It's two builds in a pod with Daniel Hahn and Jordan McGee on Sports War Radio. And with that, welcome back to Two Bills in a Pod. Jordan McGee, Daniel Hahn here with you. We are back and we are ready to officially kick off the Buffalo Bills 2023 offseason. Uh, the offseason's here is what I should say. Uh, lots to talk about. The Super Bowl this Sunday. We'll be giving our predictions and picks about that. Lots to get into. And then Daniel's favorite segment, my favorite mock, is back. It is happening. We are all in for offseason talk. I'm in a much better mood. I'm relaxed. I've let my I've gone through the you know five, six stages of grief. And I am ready to move on. Daniel, how are you? I know you've just been uh, chomping at the bit for uh, mock draft season. It is here. It is upon us. We are ready to dive into the off season. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, I've been waiting for you to get on board with off season chatter. Um, but I understand, like most Bills fans, that final, I guess, performance appearance of the of the <laughs> shell of the Buffalo Bills made their made their way to Orchard Park, and it didn't really work out for them. Um, but, you know, I think it's hard. I'm always curious because, you know, we're on social media quite a bit. We interact with people on Twitter mostly, um, which is its own version of entertainment, right? But, you know, I've been doing fine. I'm kind of like a, a quick turn. Okay, only one team can win. Unfortunately, it wasn't us this year. And like I told you, no matter when that one loss happens, if they happen to lose in the playoffs, it's going to be devastating regardless of when it was, whether it was this coming Sunday in the Super Bowl or earlier. Thank goodness it wasn't to the Dolphins, I guess, and Skylar Thompson. But in, in, in no uncertain terms, I'll just say that I still believe in the way this team is being built and structured and all that and the, and the kind of the brain trust, which we'll talk about a lot more. But in general, it seems to be that last loss. You're either one of two people. You can either turn the page and say, well, you know what? That may not have been the team. There may have just been, like me, gas tank was empty, emotionally drained, physically drained, whatever you want to call it. They just weren't mentally there to beat a team as good as Cincinnati, regardless of whether or not it's the playoffs they should be. And I get that you paid millions of dollars, yada, yada, yada. But 
even more has come out about things that might, might have been going on in their minds, um, which we'll talk about here shortly. And I'm on the, I'm on the, that was not the version of the bills that I think is the best version of them. But that, but then there's another side of this coin, which is people will say, well, we've been to the playoffs three straight times. Hasn't gone well. Let's blow it up. Let's, uh, this isn't working. That isn't working. Especially when you factor that final game, that weird, weird performance. A lot of people will tell you that, you know what? Why would you run it back with this crew exactly how it is? Because you've proven that you can't beat the big AFC teams, right? And they're not going anywhere. They're only going to get better. So, you know, I'm excited for the offseason. I think it'll be very interesting. But I'm also curious as we go through this process, and I'll call it a process, Jordan. Um, are you going to be able to remove that final game from the image in your head, or is that going to be the major factor in all things that must be changed is that game was bad. We need to do more offense. We need a better offensive line, better pass rush. We need all these different things. So to beat the Bengals, we have to do X. So it'll be interesting because I think everyone is right to go either way, but we'll only find out if whatever they do in this offseason works. I mean, this offseason, that loss is going to be a bitter taste in my mouth still. Um, and everything we talk about this offseason is going to be centered around that. They're, you know, last year it was how do we beat the Chiefs? Now it's how do we beat the Chiefs and Bengals? So now you got to add two teams to that list. Um, and that requires some, you know, more smart, bold, and strategic decisions that are going to be required of the Bills this offseason. So, you know, there has to be a theme of you can't do minimalist. You can't just say, well, we'll do this, this, this. No, you have to get real reinforcements. And I get that the Bills are going to talk about cap space and the draft pick, right? Um, but they have to really, really uh, can't – they can't just say, oh, we'll just – do a one-year deal for blah blah blah, and they'll be fine. It's patching a you know a band-aid over a broken dam in some ways, right? It's just not going to work. It's not going to be solid enough. So uh, there's a lot to get into it, but basically that loss in my mind. There's just things that I'm like, we have to improve on here, 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 and here to to be back in the conversation because I don't feel like the Bills are they're good, but they're they still have put themselves yet to be like okay a true difference maker they thought von miller was that last year and he was playing well and then he got hurt they still need a couple of difference makers to really kind of push them over the edge and that is the goal for me for the bills when i'm looking at it this offseason so let's get into it so they are going to be a little different like they are every offseason right they typically churn a lot in the the lower levels of their roster and with the cap space like you mentioned it's going to be Maybe some high-profile guys won't be back. Some high-profile guys will be back. But overall, don't expect the big splashes. But, hey, we've been surprised by Brandon Bean in the past. We didn't expect Von Miller last year. And lo and behold, he found a way. Not saying that that's going to happen again this year, but we know the Bills are in it to win a Super Bowl, and teams do some funky things to try to get over the hump. Bills are definitely in that, that kind of conversation. So let's start with the coaching staff, not maybe the most sexiest place to start, but you know, it's not free agency. So you're kind of stuck with, you know, coaching decisions right now. And a couple of things first, first of all, the bills have a new safeties coach. Joe Dana comes over from the Houston Texans with stops in Jacksonville. And I believe the jets along the way, um, safeties, you know what? 
okay. Um, it's one of those weird things where, like, everyone, a couple people, again, if you're looking at just that final game saying, well, we need to get rid of Leslie Frazier. He ain't, he ain't it, everyone, which my it's hard for me to say get rid of Leslie Frazier because of what he provides Sean McDermott and sort of that trusting voice, a guy who's been a really high-level defensive coordinator for many, many years. But also, it's Sean McDermott's defense, like, swapping defensive coordinators isn't really changing that much, right? Like maybe the sequencing of plays might be a little different, but overall, this is Sean McDermott's defense. You're not changing things too much, but nevertheless, everyone was, a lot of people were saying, hey, maybe it's time to get rid of Leslie Frazier for a new voice. They don't. They get rid of their safeties coach, and they bring in Joe Dana, who comes over from Houston. He, who, I will say, played pretty decent defensively under Lovey Smith down the stretch. Um, in addition, another defensive assistant is coming over from Wait for it. Carolina. Carolina. Oh, yeah. Another. The, the speed train from Carolina to Buffalo remains strong. Al Holcomb is also an assistant coach now with the defense. He was the defensive coordinator for Carolina when Steve Wilkes got promoted to the interim head coaching job. Obviously very familiar with Sean McDermott, very familiar with linebacking coach, coaching. So um, those are the two new additions that we know of thus far. We also are expecting a new assistant offensive line coach because the Bills assistant offensive line coach is now the offensive line coach with the Los Angeles Rams, so promotion for him. And then also today was announced that wide receivers coach Chad Hall, whose contract had expired, is going to Jacksonville. So Chad Hall is an interesting one because he's one that the players seem to speak very, very highly of. He's well-regarded around the team, but at the same time, um, while – I wouldn't say the Bills necessarily need different voices in every single position room. It is a good move for himself personally, where you have a young offensive coordinator in Ken Dorsey, probably not going anywhere for a little bit. If you're wanting to make that move to the next kind of stage, he's now been what? He's been under Brian Dayball. He's been under Ken Dorsey, and now he's going to Jacksonville with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence and all those wide receivers. Pretty nice calculated move to maybe get his name elevated moving forward. Yeah, so it's a bit of a shuffling with assistant coaches. Um, You know, it's so hard to see the impact of, you know, I think Chad Hall was the one that was surprising in in some way. Uh, Like you said, just because the players really spoke highly of him. um, You know, it's hard to see how much the impact of these, you know, specialty coaches are um, when it comes to when they leave and when they go, right? Um, but that is to be expected again, even with a team as successful as the bills have been in the past couple seasons, guys are going to get poached for different jobs. They're going to look for different opportunities, such as the way of life and the NFL coaching ranks. Um, you know, you know, the safety coach being fired, you know, that felt like just a sort of weak sort of, well, somebody's going to have to get quote unquote blamed, which I don't really think it was for him, but they're like, Oh, Hey, we're, we're making changes. Although I, I kind of am very loosely on that term. Um, but that is the way of assistant coaches leaving. Um, but it is clear Ken Dorsey and Leslie Frazier are here. They're not going anywhere. Uh, they will be back against once more, whether you like it or not. Uh, Frazier and Dorsey are here to stay. Um, and your only hope, at least on Ken Dorsey's end, um, is that, you know, he can learn a lot from year one and hopefully, you know, learn from his mistakes and 
build better continuity with this offense. Um, that's my hope in this offseason. Um, and he can start to kind of help tool and, you know, shape the offense in the way that he would like to and not so much the leftovers of Brian Dable. Um, so that remains to be seen. But uh, such is the way with assistant coaches. But yeah, Frazier and Dorsey aren't going anywhere, despite maybe some fraction of Bills fans wanting some changes uh, not happening and definitely was not expecting any changes like that to happen anyways. You got to where you are because of consistency. You can't expect that Brandon B. and Sherman Gurner say, you know what? Consistency didn't work to win a Super Bowl. Let's just go crazy. Let's go Ram style. Let's just go FM picks, right? Let's just go nuts and just go break this thing down to the studs. You're not going to do that. And again, this is where the dichotomy of what the fans are kind of upset about. A lot of people will say, you know what? I'm tired of Gabe Davis. He ain't a wide receiver too. He ain't it. We don't have, you know, we have Stephon Diggs, but we don't have that Tyler Boyd and T Higgins on the outside. We don't have, you know, the Chiefs can put all these different receivers together. But if you're upset with maybe Isaiah McKenzie, Gabe Davis, um, you know, why did we bring back Cole Beasley? Because we had to. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins looks like he's doing really good with the Giants, all that stuff. But then you're really upset with the fact that Chad Hall is just kind of let to walk away. Um, he's the wide receivers coach, people. Um, he's kind of, he also gets credited or discredited for some of those developmental players that have been drafted. So I'm not that concerned with different coaches coming and going. And these are positional coaches. These are guys that are going to teach slightly different techniques. They'll help get these players ready for game day and ready to uh, kind of be their best. And they'll work with the development of the young players to see if they can excel. You know, the safeties coach is very interesting because when we think of the season, like, man, the bills went really deep in that safety pool. Right. And it started with the Micah Hyde injury. Jordan Poyer was in and out, in and out, in and out. And when you see DeMar Hamlin kind of come in and Jaquan Johnson, I think those guys, yeah, maybe they could develop a little bit further, but they were also day three picks, weren't they? They were um, not career back. Well, they were career backups up to this point, but they contributed on special teams. They kind of spot started. And I thought there was a very, there was a lot of times that these guys played pretty well, but it was their first time kind of in the lineup regularly because of the injuries. And so you knew that there'd be ups and downs. And I agree. I think it's just a scapegoat that if someone has to go on defense, we'll go here. Um, Joe Dana coming in, I think it's interesting that it's a cover two defense that, or a Tampa two defense, I should say, that Houston obviously ran under Lovey Smith. Um, the Bills do a lot of zone, and they're going to mix it up a little bit. But the Houston safeties and the Houston defense themselves were pretty good. They were very, very, very young. Um, and maybe that's part of what's about to happen here in Buffalo because the safety pool for the Bills with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, as great as they are, you know, they're getting up there. We know one of them is on a contract year right now. So there's a possibility that you might have a much younger safety group and you want to get a younger, someone who's maybe more capable right now to prove that they can work with the younger players and get them ready to play right away. It makes sense. So we'll see what happens with that, but there's a lot more changes probably coming. The coaching staff is just kind of, I don't know, Jordan, it's just like different spices on the food, right? You're just mixing it up a little bit, get some different voices in there. We'll see who the wide receivers coach, assistant line coach are. But other than that, I'm not, there weren't going to be, at least in my opinion, I wasn't expecting Ken Dorsey or Leslie Frazier to get fired. That was not really on my radar of things that would have happened this off season unless you know, they did something crazy off the field. Um, 
I think before we get to the serious thing, well, you know what? Let's just go to this next one because we'll get it out of the way because it is serious. But it does relate to the final game of the year and maybe shed a little more light on what the team was going through. Uh, Bill's owner's daughter, Jesse Bagula, uh, top five tennis player in the world, I believe. I don't have her current ranking in front of me. I think she was number three or number two. Um, but she penned in basically an open update in the Players' Tribune about her mom. We haven't seen or heard from Kim Bagula since the summer. Um, we knew that she had a health incident, but the team, both Sabres and Bills, were extremely silent. Lo, lo and behold, if you read the article from Jesse Bagula that came out this week, she, Kim Bagula, her mom, did have a cardiac incident. Um, Jesse's sister was the one to do CPR until medics arrived, basically on the scene. Sounds very familiar. Um and they got her to the hospital. They stabilized her, and she just had a much more difficult time. Um, I don't want to say getting back to normal because it sounds like she's not quite there. She's having a tough time speaking. Memory seems to be coming back, but not 100%, and same with physical therapy. It sounds like a pretty traumatic incident, to be honest with you. Um, hits close to home for me with some things that we've gone through with family members, but also you're talking about, again, a very healthy individual that had just a sudden cardiac event um, out of nowhere. And you basically now look at this Bill's organization and that's, that's the bookend of their 2022 season. Um, the top shooting happened. The, and I think it was before this cardiac incident. I think this was June or July. Um, their owner has a cardiac incident that takes her to the hospital and it goes all the different things that happened during the season. And then DeMar Hamlin has cardiac incident on the field. And again, I don't think the players are in the dark on that hundred no. percent, especially the leadership core of the team. You have to imagine that Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott definitely knew. And you have to, again, the, the captains probably knew, even if they were told to keep it silent, um, the team did a very good job. I mean, this was completely in the dark. No one knew what, mm-hmm. what her status was right for months. Um, but when you hear exactly what it was, and, and again, it's very eerie that very similar, again, she didn't get hit in the chest like DeMar Hamlin did, but it's a cardiac arrest, right? right. And, and CPR to save her life and getting blood flow back to the brain so that she doesn't have as many you know, ailments moving forward. Um, we don't know if she's coming back. It doesn't sound like she will be. It sounds like the family is going to have to spread her work duties out moving forward, but it goes back to why would it be so emotionally challenging? And so why was the team not focused down the stretch And in it? I'm not saying this is the thing that makes sense. This didn't have to happen for it to make sense to me, but I think it does shed some light on maybe what the team was going through behind the scenes and just another thing that they had to deal with and overcome throughout the year. It's another layer in what was a nightmare season for in 2022. I mean, uh, you know, the, the the article from the Players Tribune from Jesse Bagula, you know, basically is, you know, she is recovering better, but she has a hard time uh, forming sentences sometimes. Sometimes she gets tripped over her words that she's not as sharp as she once was. She, she's still she's coherent. She knows things that are going on. She can still talk to people. But there there is a there is a, um, some brain damage from her cardiac arrest. And like you said, Kim Buller was a seemingly very healthy, you know, in her, you know, early fifties. Um, so 
I I have to imagine some of the players were aware of the situation. I don't know how they couldn't be. Um, did the, how the whole team knew? I don't know. But like the fact that you know you put the Demar Hamlin situation, it was already a scary situation enough. But to come to to you have to wonder, knowing that they knew what they knew of Kim, Kim Bugula, to see then that happen again, Demar Hamlin, it just added another of just panic and fear and um you know again it's just another layer of this team had went through way way too much this season like way too much and then you add in the snowstorms that killed people in buffalo like they went through so much that like yes we already knew that but this is just adding another layer of oh my god like i don't blame them for having kind of just run out of steam because you know, at some point you just reach your like emotional limits, you know, having to deal with one, you know, extraordinary circumstance after the next, after the next, after the next, like it just becomes emotionally taxing um, after a while. So, you know, you can only hope that, you know, it seems like Kim Gula just can hopefully have a good life. You know, it's not going to be the same. She's not going to be the same person that she once was. But it still seems like she can, you know, have a, you know, a pretty good, you know, decent life. And that's, you know, the most important thing. But um, it puts in a lot of context of CPR and heart health and just, uh, you know, and also too on just the end of Damar Hamlin, you know, we're recording this on a Friday. He was at the NFL Awards speaking last night and, you know, just again, miraculous to see how far he's come um since a month ago since this happened so uh you know the bills went through a lot in 2022 and i think it's you know if anything these next few months for the players at least they need this well-deserved break to just step away and just just you know take care of their mental health just take care of themselves because i truly don't know how they are able to win as much as they did despite all the circumstances that they dealt with this past season. Yeah. I mean, what's their total win count was a 13, 13. That they end up with at the end of the day. Yeah. It's and and you could tell that last game against new England, the last game against Miami and then the Cincinnati game, they were just, you kind of were hoping that they were going to kick it into gear at some point, but they were walking, they were the walking dead at some point, you know, they weren't really the, they just didn't have the juice. There was something missing those last couple of weeks that they should have just been on full cylinders and, and dominating. And this team typically with under Sean McDermott, they do hit their stride at the right times. They've played their best football entering the playoffs the last several years. They, they know how to pace themselves throughout the regular season, but these are emotionally taxing things. These are traumatic events. These are things that are outside the normal wear and tear of, we got some injuries to overcome. We need to get guys back. We need veteran rest days. These are just, different and these are personal and, and mental health type issues so everyone responds differently and i still sean mcdermott i always laugh when we see coaching interviews remember he had that giant binder that was he built for like every situation he was gonna be ready for anything that that could amass in any circumstance or that that was what impressed the bills like this guy is ready to be a head coach look at this binder he's got i don't think the binder had this stuff in it i'm sure it does now but these are just things that you're dealing with people. Yes, they're millionaires. Yes, they're professional athletes and they have a job to do, but they to get to where they need to be on Sundays and perform. There's a lot of mental work. There's a lot of physical work that goes in throughout the week. 
and we have jobs, Jordan. I mean, I'm not going to admit to it, but sometimes I just don't really want to do my job that day or mentally I'm just not there. There's other things on my mind. Um, there were a lot of other things on this team's mind, and, and it's not an excuse. It's, I think at some point you'll look back on the season and say, wow, that team, they were snake bit by a lot of different things that are outside their control. But, man, to put up what they did is really impressive. But, unfortunately, the expectations for this team were Super Bowl, and they're not there, so they have some changes to make. And with the cap, it's going to be more challenging to get to the Super Bowl every single year because your best players and coaches are going to be plucked away because you're a very well-run franchise. And again, that goes back to me, Jordan, just saying, I don't want to blow up this whole thing. I don't think that last game was indicative of it's time to, to tear down. So we'll see how this continues to progress. But definitely our, our prayers are with the Gula family, and hopefully Kim continues to make at least as much of a recovery as possible. It hasn't been a full year, and I know that's a big critical timeline for those types of ailments and recoveries. But getting back to the team this offseason, we didn't talk about Brandon Bean's exit conference. Um, there were a couple of quotes because it's a couple of weeks old now because we took last week off while you were mentally recovering yourself from whatever happened with the Bills. A mm-hmm. um, couple notes, but I'll keep it light here. Brandon Bean has admitted that, quote, the cap is going to be tight. Now, end quote. This is basically in reference to are you going to be able to bring back both Jordan Poirier and Tremaine Edmonds? I think it's an either-or thing that's going to happen here, and even to do one is going to be very challenging, but I'm sure there's going to be restructures and all sorts of things and cuts that they can do to make it happen. One of them is coming back. I feel like that's the only option for the cap. Which one do you take coming back? It's Tremaine Edmonds for me. I mean – one, obviously, we know the cap's going to be tight. Like, you're, you're, there are going to be guys who are not only let go, there are going to be guys who are going to be cut. You know, there's going to be a good list of cut candidates, you know, um, that the Bills are going to have to let go in order to make some room to make things happen. Um, but to me, it is Tremaine Edmonds. I feel like, one, Jordan Poyer is 32, while, yes, he is still can play. I am looking at Tremaine Edmonds. He is 25. He is in the prime of his career. He is such a central part of that defense. Him and Milano as that linebacking core. I feel like it has to be Edmonds, and it's hard to let Blair go. But if you're making a decision, to me, it's Edmonds. And then also, too, in a conversation of, you know, Brandon Bean's got a lot of work, but I also look at the Pagulas, too, of you know, they want to win, right? But how much are they willing to kind of go over the cap? How much more money are they willing to dig in their pockets to, you know, make the room to get the certain guys that Brandon Bean would like, you know, because we haven't really been in this situation yet. And the Pagulas, you know, they again, with the Bills, on the Bills aspect, they're kind of backseat drivers. They're just like, you know what, Brandon, you do what you need to do. Um, but, you know, these are owners, these are billionaires, and there's money, especially when you're over the cap. You know, that's digging deep into their pockets. So how much are the Bagulas willing to kind of let the cap go over, you know, is there a limit where they're like, hey, you got to make this financially work for us. There's going to be a back and forth. Um but long story short, yes, I think Tremaine Edmonds, to me, has got to be the guy. If you're going to keep one, it's got to be Edmonds. Yeah, especially with the long-term deal. It, Jordan Poyer may be the more important player right now for the team. And, and you know what, he's 
twelve and one when he's on the field with his team or whatever the case is. Something like that. This past year, which isn't it's just insane, by the way. Just insane stat. But like you said, the age is a big deal. Tremaine Edmonds was super young when he was drafted. This second contract for Tremaine Edmonds means more than maybe for a lot of other players because he is so young. He's still getting better, and he's going to continue to get better. And you pair him with Matt Milano for many, many years to come. It's just what Sean McDermott had in Carolina when he had Stephen Davis and Luke Keekley down there in the linebacking crew and can kind of let those guys be the captain, set and forget it. And both Milano and Edmonds can do everything. You need a linebacker to do, whether it be go and run defense, go and pass coverage. Yes, they've been exposed at various times in their careers against Travis Kelsey, but of course, it's Travis Kelsey who hasn't. The only thing that's weird is sometimes they get locked up on a wide receiver, which is a mismatch if you don't get to the quarterback. But regardless, the age is just a big deal here. I'd rather pay multiple years for a 25-year-old than multiple years for a 32-year-old. Jordan Poyer, pro bowler, has years left. But what's that price tag going to be? And is it worth the sacrifice of Tremaine Edmonds? Then you go back in the draft saying, we need a linebacker. So I agree with you. I think it's Tremaine Edmonds. Next. And maybe my favorite quote from Brandon Bean is he was asked point blank if they can take anything away from the way the Bengals are built. Because the Bengals, again, they won by 17 points. That's a pretty sizable margin. The Bengals have also had a lot of success against the Chiefs up until this last go-round. Burrowhead did not work out for them very well. Um, But Brandon Bean was asked, do you take anything from the way the Bengals are structured and built as a roster, and, and do you try to manipulate that? And his response was, first of all, Joe Burrow is on a rookie deal, which is different and makes things challenging for the Bengals moving forward. But also, you know, while he would love to have a guy like Jamar Chase, and here it is, quote, we don't want to suck enough to get a Jamar Chase, end quote. Um, Jordan, do you like that response and do you agree with it? I mean, so... Okay, the Bengals had a very extraordinary circumstance where they basically went from uh, terrible to amazing in a span of a year, which is incredibly difficult to do. Um, no, you don't want to be bad to be uh, in a top five pick, but um, listen, you you have to hit on the draft, and that Jamar Chase pick was massive for the Bengals. That's how they really turned things around, giving Joe Burrow this big threat. So, Yes, obviously you don't want to be bad enough to be in the top five of a draft because that would be an epic failure of a season for Buffalo's standard or anyone's standard. But, um, you know, the draft, there are plenty of guys that you can hit on, especially when the Bills late in the first round. There is plenty of talent out there. Um, You don't have to be in the top five to find a guy who can really, you know, change things around for you. Um so it's a weird dig at the Bengals. You know, they just said, hey, we, they were in the position to draft Jamar Chase. They got him. And, you know, good things happen when you draft correctly. The Bills should know. Josh Allen, you drafted Josh Allen. Wow, what a turnaround for the franchise. You know what I mean? So you just have to be in the right spot and make the right move. And if you draft the right guy, it can change your entire franchise around. I mean, again, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. 32nd overall pick. Look what happens there. You know what I mean? Like, it, talent is everywhere uh, in the draft. You just have to, if you find the right guy, the right pick, it can change your fortunes. 
Exactly. And there are things to take away from the way the Bengals have built their roster, especially with where they do their free agent signing. But it's true. They're working on a rookie deal with Joe Burrow. That is going to change possibly as soon as this year. Um, it also is going to change their wide receiver group moving forward. There's talks about are they going to have to trade T. Higgins, who was drafted with Joe Burrow in the second round. Um, you know, very talented player, but you can't keep everybody. And the Bills have Josh Allen on a second contract right now. That's playing a factor. The Bills are paying a left tackle. That's a premium position. The Bills are basically invested in premium positions at players they have drafted. So it's hard to say that Brandon Bean is a bad drafting GM. He's very good. He has some misses. Absolutely. There's people that we can say, man, what happened to Wyatt Teller? But overall, he hits more than he misses. He's developed these players. He's re-signed these players, which is what he said he's going to do. You just have to make it work. And every single year that you resign one of these guys or sign them to their second contract off the rookie deal, that cap gets a little bit tighter for all those uh, complimentary players. The Bengals are going to have to learn to restructure their roster and where they spend money, just like everybody else, the franchise quarterback. Uh, the Chiefs can do it. The Bills can do it. Uh, the Ravens will find out what they do with Lamar Jackson, but when you get them on that second deal, it makes a big difference for all the, the complimentary players, including the defensive players. Um, just where that money is allocated is going to take a big shift for the Bengals. So I don't have any issue with the question because I also do think it's a dig when you look at different teams and everyone's built differently. I think the Bengals built their team just like the Bills. They're just in a different phase of it, and they invested very heavily on their offensive line this year. Um, something that the Bills tried to do with Josh Allen on his rookie deal, too, and they got far, just not far enough. Um, all right. So, Jordan, let's move on because that's really the main things happening around Buffalo and the team right now, and I don't want to waste much time. Um, let's talk about where they can improve this team, and that's through the draft. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's time. Um, first of all, Yes, free agency comes first. We're going to be watching the cut market, but most of those things aren't going to happen until after the Super Bowl where you'll get wind of who's going to be cut. Are they going to be summer cuts, earlier cuts? Um, but there's going to be a lot of restructuring. Like you said, that's where the Pagulas come into play. Are you going to, how much are you going to switch to guaranteed money? How much are you not? Um, the Pagulas have been very flexible with that, which has been great, but there's more to come on that. But for now, I think it's time we take a, a pixie at the draft, and the Bills will be at the 28th pick. Um, first and foremost, I know we talked about a little bit last time we met Jordan, but you and I always have our favorites. We always have those ones that are like, you know what, no matter what, if this person's on the board, the Bills are taking this person, at least I want them to, no matter what. This can change potentially with free agency, right? But I know last time you weren't in a mental state to give your opinion. I want to know from your perspective, have you found your Travis Etienne of this year? I, have you found <laughs> your, your person that is, I must have them, please give me what I want, no matter what happens at 28? I have found my guy, and I said it last week, but I did some actual film watching on him. Bijan Robinson running back from Texas. To me... If the Bills want to get over the hump, they need a real bona fide running back. Bijan Robinson, six foot, 220 pounds, and he's fast too. He's got great size. He's got speed. He can have great acceleration. He can cut. 
um, this guy has comparable, you know, very, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Adrian Peterson has qualities, but physical attributes wise coming out of Oklahoma, uh, very similar wise, big guy. Uh, they need a really good runner. They need a, a strong runner. And I think I will say this too, in the NFL game, I think a lot of successful teams, uh, it's not just one sole running back anymore. It's a two running back system, kind of like hockey, how there's like two goalies. You really need to be successful. You need two running backs to be successful. I think James Cook has the ability to develop really well, but he's not a number one back. I think Bijan Robinson is a number one back. Um, I don't think a lot of teams in the first round are going to be going after running back just because it's a position that one, a lot of teams are kind of uh, iffy on. Um, but this is where the Bills can capitalize. Uh, to me, I look at Bijan Robinson and I say, this is a guy who can be a difference maker day one, get into the backfield, really take pressure off of Josh Allen and really have a threat of a run game, a run game where teams actually have to plan every single week to stop the run because that is going to make a huge difference in terms of expanding this offense and taking that pressure off of Josh Allen, which is needed. So I am uh, beating the drum on Bijan Robinson. Um, to me, I, I feel like I know some Phil's fans are like, well, you drafted James Cook in the second round last year. Why would you take a guy first round? Devin Singletary is most likely not coming back to this team. He's a free agent. You need a bona fide running back. And to me, I look at B. John Robinson and I say, this is a guy who can be that guy and really, again, put the Bills in an elevation to really expand this offense and really make it multidimensional and not just the passing game and Josh Allen running the ball. Well, I'm glad you found your guy. I'm still not there yet. I haven't found it yet. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with Bijan Robinson as potential. I think you're going to hear his name popped up quite a bit. I mean, he is potentially the highest rated in terms of draft grade running back that the NFL has had coming out in a very long time. But there's been so many high top five, top 10 running backs that have burned teams doing that, that you're right. It's expected that he's going to slip a little bit more so than his draft grade. He'll probably be Mel Kuyper's best available for quite some time on that day one. Um, will a team take him? And, and, and there's different draft plans. They never draft running back in the first round because you can get one anywhere. I could say the same for a lot of positions. I mean, wide receiver has been proven that you can get one oh, anywhere yeah. in the draft. But we're going to see a we're going to see a bunch of them go in the first round, irregardless of that, right? Um, running back, if he's your guy and he can do it all, and Devin Singletary, free agent. Um, doesn't come back, then there's potential that there could be a hole out there um, that's worth filling. The reason I'm not there with you is it's got nothing to do with Bijan Robinson. I, I do think he's electric. He can do both receiving and running out of the backfield. He can do power. He can do the speed. Um, I like guys that are the central point of their offenses in college, and everyone's trying to shut them down, and then you're going to come to the NFL and not be the central point. Okay, how are you going to do now with one-on-one -on -one after you've had to have be double-covered for, for so many years, right? Um, but my issue is the Bills, when it comes to running the ball, I don't even know if they have the right offensive lineman to, to run block yet. I mean, the Bengals were able to just muscle their way around the Bills' defensive line. When Josh Allen has a bad day, yeah, Josh Allen can run over people, but can they open holes up for Devin Singletary and James Cook the same way that Josh Allen can, just, can run over fools and stuff? And do they have to be gimmicky with their running game, or can they actually employ a power running game at times? 
I haven't seen it. And maybe that's just not the offense, and I should get over it. But the offensive linemen, especially the interior guards, they don't necessarily do that consistently under the, the Brandon Bean era. So there are some guards that I'm thinking about, you know, that are on my mind, like um, – What's his name? Osiris Thompson, I believe, for, mm-hmm. or Osiris Jackson from from Florida. Um, someone who could be a right guard and maybe sub out Ryan Bates and, and make an upgrade there. He played pretty well in the senior bowl practices. Um, definitely on my mind, but I'm not going to say that I get you know get all real excited for, for guards and say, no matter what, this is the guard. Um, because, again, you can get those another round. Where my head's going I still like an Antonio Johnson, the safety from A&M. I talked about a little bit last time. I'm kind of liking him. I do like a Devin Witherspoon, a cornerback from Illinois. And, you know, I want to really like Joey Porter Jr., but I don't think he'll be there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I like the fact that he doesn't have necessarily the ball coverage that a Devin Witherspoon has where you look at Witherspoon and what he did his senior year, and you're like, How'd you do? Oh, you had 14 pass breakups and three interceptions. That means someone who's able to get to the ball, get hands on the receivers, get, turn his head around, um, which is something that I'd like to see the Bill secondary do. But I'm also thinking, you know, offense, it's a need after that last performance, but is it a need overall because they're so dominant? Or does this defense that has been addressed so much in the early rounds of the draft, are they still needing some support because – it seems like the money is going to the offense and the draft capital is going to the defense. If you lose Jordan Poyer, you may want to keep investing in that secondary, which may not be sexy for Bills fans because I think Bills fans have defensive overload when it comes to the first round with all the, the pass rushers that they've taken the last few years. But that doesn't mean it's not a need. And you look at the way teams are attacking the Bills, they're going to throw it. They have to outscore Josh Allen in this Bills offense no matter what. So I would not be surprised if they go – defensive you know backfield but jordan short answer nah i haven't figured out my 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 pick yet so sorry Mm -hmm. sorry charlie no dream pick for me just yet you know what that's fine that's fine we're we're gonna go through the process um i fall in love very quickly um you know i feel like the past couple years i've been on the bandwagon of a running back for a couple years i wonder if brandon bean will finally uh listen to me or he'll ignore me once again because i'm just a podcaster and he is a a successful general manager you know say la vie well yeah i mean say la vie and do what you need to do you know i i think he probably listens to our podcast when he's trying to go to sleep at night it makes sense and, but, you know, we'll talk a lot about first-rounders all the time, but I want to get a little little peek through the curtain here. Do you have any late-round people that are kind of on your radar? And when these mock drafts come out, we'll see a lot of names probably pop up. But I don't know if there's anyone kind of late that's kind of like, you know what, it's on my mind. If you do it, great. If not, meh. We'll find out. But any late round people that are just kind of piquing your interest right now? No late round people, but I would say my backup to uh, a dream pick for Bijan Robinson would be uh, Zay Flowers, the receiver from Boston College. Um, he seems like a guy that would be a really good slot receiver. Um, he's more trending like a second to third round pick. Um, haven't really looked into late round because again the bills have a first second third fourth and i believe two fifth round picks or is it a fifth and a sixth the reporting seems to be a little bit back and forth but essentially they don't have as many picks this year um late into day three um 
So they'll have to make their uh, draft picks count. But uh, I think as we go along, we'll, we'll kind of delve into later round guys. And then obviously as the offseason goes, we'll see, have a more clearer picture of what their needs are going to be in terms of who leaves and what they do at, at the offseason. So no late round yet, guys, but I would say Zay Flowers from Boston College is someone I'm going to keep an eye on in this draft process. I'll give you a late rounder, so I didn't give you a dream pick, but you might know where my head's going for lo- for different times. How about Max Duggan, quarterback from TCU, mm, as a late round? The Horn Frogs. First of all, love the Horn Frogs color. They won that national championship based on helmets alone, even though they got destroyed, destroyed. But you know, you're looking for someone in my estimation that again. I still believe there's going to be a need for a long-term backup. They may continue to go the veteran route because you don't really want someone with no experience coming in there when you're trying to win a Super Bowl should the worst-case scenario happen to Josh Allen. However, however, Jordan, um, Max Duggan is a guy who does very similar things to Josh Allen with his mobility. He doesn't necessarily have the same arm strength, obviously, but he's very intelligent. He's got some size, and he can move around a little bit. So you don't have to necessarily completely overhaul the offense when he walks through the door like you might do with Case Keenum. We've seen a lot of offenses when the quarterback goes down. If you're able to still keep the threats alive and at least flash things like a QB option and different things that you can do with your starter, that helps you. But if you become too one-dimensional, then it really limits those backups and they really struggle. So I've been on this trip for a while. The Bills have addressed quarterback in the draft in the third day, especially at times. I don't know where Max Duggan's going to fall out. You're going to hear Stetson Bennett. He's really old, but he is a winner. You know, these are backups, and I think day three you can use one of them to go behind if you bring Casey Keenum back or whatever you do. Some of these guys, though, should be able to get up to speed quickly and, and be able to be a long-term backup that's cheaper than maybe a veteran option. All right, Jordan. Let's go to my favorite mock, and we're going to go to the WalterFootball.com, their latest 2023 mock draft that was posted this week. Um, this is our first one of the year, so we'll break it down a little bit here. Um, first and foremost, they have the Bears, number one overall, going Will Anderson, uh, defensive lineman out of Alabama. Just throwing this out here. I would bet more money that the Bears trade that pick than they keep that pick. 100%. But I'm not going to say that they – but I'm not going to say they don't take Will Anderson. The Bears are trading that pick, but the teams behind them, like the Colts and Texans, they seem to be the most likely landing spots where they can move back a little bit, get some more draft capital, but still get whichever one they prefer between Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. It feels like that's the play. There's already rumors of them in trade talks. So all these mock drafts, I think I'm going to put more stock in the ones where they trade down overall, but for now expect most people just to go straight, you know, what the order is and pick it from there. The first quarterback would be for the Houston Texans going C.J. Stroud. Not a surprise if they go quarterback. It's just going to be which quarterback. It's going to be just like that that Josh Allen draft year where pick your favorite between these five guys, right? That seems to be what it is, but no one's really standing out as a must-draft must prospect. And then how about this one for you, Jordan? Not that I knew what you were saying for your dream scenario ahead of time. Number three, Arizona Cardinals. They picked B. John Robinson from Texas. Mm. Any thoughts on this? Uh, I don't like it. Don't like it. Arizona, <laughs> what are you doing? It's also fantastic that Arizona of all teams would do that because that seems like a very Arizona thing to do. Like, you could do these top defensive players. Nah, we'll go to the running back. No one says 
no one says no to a running back in the top five. But anyway, this mock draft has a lot of quarterbacks going in the top ten, even so much as the Vegas Raiders taking Anthony Richardson from Florida at number seven. Will Levis goes number nine, our boy, my boy, from Kentucky to Carolina. Um, so you're moving down this. You see some wide receivers that I start liking, like Quentin Johnson from TCU. I do like Ohio State's Jackson Smith. Um, that was correct pronunciation. Do not even bother trying to uh, correct me on that one. And then when you get to the second page, you're getting closer to the Bills pick. Again, offensive lineman trying to go off the cornerback with Joey Porter Jr. going to Pittsburgh would be awesome. I think that'd be fantastic, by the way. Um, Tampa takes my maybe dream pick of Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. And then we get into some interesting places where a lot of cornerbacks go off the board. Big, big run. Zay Flowers, your secondary dreamer goes to the Giants and our old friend Brian Dable at 25. Jordan Addison, who I like, goes to the Cowboys at 26. And then the Bills at 27. They go with a wide receiver and continue that run with Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Um, Jordan, what I can tell you about Jalen Hyatt is he is a big play receiver. And if you're tired of Gabe Davis, this is Gabe Davis (laughs) 2.0, maybe with better hands, maybe bigger speed, but this is a very explosive player that can get down the field, jump over people, make a lot of catches, and can do a lot of different things. Tennessee put up some really, really good offensive numbers when their starter was on the field. Jalen Hyatt, you know, he wasn't one of your picks necessarily, your dream players. He may not be Zay Flowers. But what are your thoughts if the Bills do end up going Jalen Hyatt? And maybe just, in particular, wide receiver in round one. Um, I am totally fine with them going receiver. I think there's a lot of guys that late round one – that the Bills could look at. You know, you look at Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. We mentioned Zay Flowers from Boston College, uh, Josh Downs from North Carolina, Jordan Addison from USC. Uh, There are a couple of these guys who I anticipate are going to be there at 28. Um, I don't see all four of those guys being gone by the time the Bills pick. Um, So there's a couple, like slot receiver options that the bills could go with again it's sort of what is your flavor what do you enjoy what are you looking for um i'm not mad at jalen hyatt as a pick i think he had a very explosive year at tennessee um you know i'm looking for a guy who can play in the slot you know mckenzie kind of struggled i still believe um that there is potential i'm I don't know why his name is escaping me at the moment. Um, our wide receiver from Boise State that we drafted last year. That my his name Khalil is Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir. Uh, thank you. Um, I believe still Shakir has potential to grow into that role. Um, but if the Bills are really kind of looking for a slot receiver right away, I think that there are options, and I think to me, a lot of those guys could fit into that role. So there, there's some options for the Bills late round one in terms of receiver. There'll be plenty of guys on the board, but then at the same time, you know, you mentioned it earlier, receivers are there. Going to be a plenty of them. So you know, could you just you know say, hey, we can wait to round two or round three to get a receiver because there's just so many good ones. You know, you weigh that back and forth. But there are a lot of. Uh, a lot of guys that the Bills could go after in terms of receiver for round one. Um, I would not be mad at any of them. Uh, You know, a lot of the guys, like I said, Jordan Addison, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, those are all really tremendously talented receivers that are all very likely to be there uh, when the Bills pick late in round one. 
Yeah, and if you're going to get yourself a Justin Jefferson or a really elite player that you think could be a future number one, obviously you go for it. You don't have second thoughts about that. I mean, if you compare someone who's going to be a number one receiver next to Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis for the time being, then you do it. And I'm still not, like, out on Gabe Davis. He's definitely flash. He just has to stay healthy. The drops were a concern for me this year. But he's still on a really good trajectory. Maybe he's not a full number one like you may have thought he was, but he was a day three pick. Khalil Shakir definitely flashed. He did a lot as a rookie. I'd like to see him grow and develop. Like you said, I'm, I'm not really interested in bringing Cole Beasley back. Maybe you made a, a, a poor investment in Isaiah McKenzie since that didn't pan out maybe how you were hoping. But Cole Beasley, yeah, he helps you maybe win now. I think the long game and the way the Bills do this long term, they have to find ways to draft guys who can contribute right away. They have to be able to get them up to speed quicker. And again, you were able to do it with James Cook where he was a very big weapon for you at the end of the year. You should be able to do that with the wide receivers. You should be able to get them their reps where – Khalil Shakira can be a trusted, you know, third and short weapon. Um, there's ways to do it. And so if you think this is a top, top number one potential wide receiver, no issues on my end. But if you're just trying to get another Gabe Davis, you get that in round three or four. You know, because like you said, there's wide receivers all over the place. The Bills have developed those people before. Um, but I do like the pick. I mean, he destroyed Kentucky. I have no issues. I, I saw him just run over the field and catch over everyone right um you have a heisman candidate for a quarterback at tennessee he was thrown to someone right and here's that someone uh but i also know when the weather turns if this bill's offense is highly relying on just the explosive plays they're in trouble they need to find other ways to beat you because yeah you can score a 50-yard touchdown any time great but but that doesn't happen very often either even for the best elite offenses so you got to find ways to move the ball in between in between 50 yard bursts and Jalen Hyatt while he gives you that explosive explosive plays does he give you the the short plays mm-hmm. to the the kind of move the chains plays and run and run blocking that you want your receivers to to help out with too um, but that's Walter football again you go to walterfootball.com you can find their latest mock draft. They do post them. I think they'll get closer to posting them every week, if not two a week. So there is some pretty good content, including draft prospect breakdowns as well that you can look into. All right, Jordan, let's turn this podcast away from the Bills a little bit, and we'll do our normal around the AFC and around the NFL to wrap this up. Moving first with the Dolphins around the AFC, uh, right after the Pro Bowl, Tua was cleared. Um they haven't said anything really about Tua and his future. Mike McDaniel seems to say that he is definitely the guy that's going to be the starter next year, you know, as best he can. Like, they believe in him. They're not giving up on him, whatever. Um, it was concussions this year that derailed his year. Otherwise, he made some pretty big improvements. Um, is it smart or not smart for the Dolphins to make a QB move this offseason? And what does that look like? If they do, they should make a QB move, but that QB move, it's going to be for a backup quarterback. I think they need to look at a solid backup quarterback that can come in for Tua. Um, Because the reality is, again, with that concussion is he suffered a lot of it. And, you know, again, we don't know, right? God forbid he suffers another concussion. You know, how many times can he be getting be getting concussed before his career could be cut short. So 
To me, I think you look at backup quarterbacks as an option in the and and the in the offseason and potentially to develop one um you know in the draft. So to me, they have to make backup quarterback a, a, a one of their top priorities this offseason because they saw without Tua, the team just was flat and fell apart. Um, so they really need to invest in a backup quarterback that can be stable in case, God forbid, Tua has to be out for an extended period of time. Yeah, I they may draft one, but I'd like Skylar Thompson, at least what he did in spot starts, to keep developing him. They definitely need someone that's not Teddy Bridgewater. That that didn't work out for them. Teddy Bridgewater is too injured to help an injured person. So this feels to me like another Andy Dalton uh, tour. He seems to be like the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's just hopping around teams back and backing up until he starts. So we'll see where they go. But I agree. I think it's a veteran backup. You give to another year. If he has more injury concerns, then you're back to square one anyway and maybe not give him the long-term deal that, that he probably would have if he doesn't have any injury concerns this, this season coming up. Next up, the New England Patriots, they're making a bold decision. They're, uh, they're actually going to hire an offensive coordinator this time, this offseason. I feel like they might have learned a little bit. And they go back to a very familiar face. They go to Alabama, though, and they go with Bill O'Brien is back in New England as the offensive coordinator. Um, do you think this is a big deal or not? No, I Bill O'Brien's fine. He's just, you know, he's, I don't know how, I, I think it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's just sort of like he's butter. Like, yeah, like, okay, it's fine when you put it in a dish, but just straight up, you're like, it's, it's all right. You know, it, it's better than what they had, but, you know, Bill O'Brien's going to be a little bit more stable, but. It's not going to move heaven and earth for that offense. They need a lot more than just Bill O'Brien to make that Patriots offense way more successful. I love butter. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. I do too. Um, but in, term, in terms of Bill O'Brien, he's Josh McDaniels, but the fact that they were able to get close to the playoffs with no offensive coordinator and all this chaos that you're reading about Joe Judge yelling at people, Bill Belichick yelling at Joe Judge, uh, Mac Jones hating different things. I think Matt Patricia, like every first-time play caller, got better as the year went on, but they actually have a real offensive coordinator. The experiment to just make up something doesn't work, so I'm glad that I'm glad for Mac Jones' even potential future that they have someone who actually you know, knows offense to help him out. Um, but I do think it is a big deal because they did a lot without one, so let's see what they do with an offensive coordinator. It's something to watch moving forward. Next up, the Jets. They are... All, they are in the rumor mill, as they would definitely be for Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, whom else. Uh, they're ch- saying the right things about Zach Wilson, but also not really that endorsing of him. Garrett Wilson, even at the NFL Honors, thing, was like, yeah, whoever my quarterback is, I believe I can do really good. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> um, anyways, it's hilarious to me, but first, here's the question. Should the Jets be all in on Aaron Rodgers um, and keep Zach Wilson? I'll go first here. First of all, if they get Aaron Rodgers, they're probably not keeping Zach Wilson. That would be weird, but <laughs> no. it's very Jetsian of them to do that. But also, they absolutely should be all in on Aaron Rodgers for nothing else than to just make me laugh because they are a young and up-and-coming team. Aaron Rodgers is debating retirement. We're going to talk about his uh, decision-making strategy soon as well. But, yeah, just – forego a bunch of picks, forego your number two overall pick, 
go after Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you get one year, maybe you get two years out of him, and then he retires, and then you have a mid-round pick where you're back to trying to find a quarterback, and you can't. Go for it. Doesn't doesn't make a difference to me. I still think the Bills are a better team, even with Rodgers in the Jets. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been in a nice little bubble in Green Bay. Even though he's a giant, giant figure in the NFL, imagine him in the New York City market with cameras and, and, and all that stuff in his face. It's a recipe for disaster. But, hey, follow in the footsteps of Brett Favre. What could go wrong there? He's, he's like a great dude. I mean, uh, listen, I will say this. The Jets need to make a move. I mean, we saw the NFL honors. They swept offensive and defensive rookie of the year with Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. And they have, if they get the right quarterback, they can really be that competitive team. Um, I, I, I know Jets fans are like Aaron Rodgers. I get it. it you know, the potential of what can be. I think Aaron Rodgers is a giant red flag. I would say to Jets fans, be careful what you wish for when it comes to Aaron Rodgers because he is a lot more problems than he causes a lot more problems than I think uh, people even realize. Um, he has just a weird ego about him. He's a weird guy. I've never liked Aaron Rodgers. I've said it a lot of times on this podcast before. Um, I just I do not like Aaron Rodgers as a person. I really don't. Um, but they they're gonna go big quarterback hunting this offseason. I don't know, you know, if I'm gonna make a move, I'm honestly gonna put money towards going after Lamar Jackson rather than an aging Aaron Rodgers because you want a team, you want a quarterback that's gonna be there and for your core for a while. And I think Aaron Rodgers is just a uh you know, a temporary stopgap that doesn't solve your solutions. Um, you know, you got to go for a, a bit of a younger guy. And I think if you go with Aaron Rodgers, you're assuming you can go all in and win a Super Bowl. I think the Jets will be a playoff team, but I don't even with Aaron Rodgers think that they are Super Bowl capable. Um, so to me, I think like going after Lamar Jackson or is probably more of a route they should go that makes more sense for them and building continuity. Um, Aaron Rodgers is just a walking red flag that I'm just like, do not engage, run, run, and run. Yeah, but they're the Jets. I want them to engage. I think it'll be hilarious for me, for my entertainment. If I was a Jets fan, I mean, I guess he's better than Zach Wilson. If you're confident that Zach Wilson ain't the guy, and I wouldn't be upset with them thinking that. I mean, that there's there's evidence to say that we like Mike White more. That's probably not what you were thinking when you drafted Zach Wilson number two overall. But, hey, um, for Hilarious, like you said, I just think putting him in that New York City market is a recipe for disaster. But So let's see it. Let's just drop him in there. What's the worst that could go wrong? I, I, I'm all for it. Next up, let's go around the NFL to wrap this up. Jordan, Tom Brady, he retired again. Um, is he staying retired this time? I'm going to go with yes. I think he's actually done done, and he's already made his announcement that he'll be in Fox's studio for 2024. I agree. I think he's done. He's This is for real this time, and, you know, we're finally free. Well, kind of free, at least from the player. Now his analysis, I can't, I can't wait to see what analysis he's going to bring. Dear Lord. I, I may not be watching those shows. I'm glad he's on Fox and the Bills will stay on CBS. Thank goodness. Next up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who we mentioned earlier, he is going to assess his future. 
um, if he's going to play or not. That's kind of the first step before the Jets make any big trades or staying with the Packers. But he told the Pat McAfee show he's going to do so by putting himself in a blackout room for four days, a blackout retreat where there will be no light, no sound, only someone to drop off food for him twice a day, I believe. Um, but he's hoping to have some good visions and clarity afterwards. Um, Jordan, what do you think the result of this is going to be? And would you put yourself in a blackout room for four days? No, he's weird. He's just going to get high. That's all. That's what he's trying to say. He's weird. Aaron Rodgers is weird. I don't like him. Sorry. Uh, no, he's just going to get high. I mean, yeah, he probably is. I'm sure he's going to play. But for me personally, as an introvert, I'd like to try it out. I think, I think, yeah, I don't have to see anyone or talk to anyone. This ain't too bad. Give me a, give me a shot here. Uh, next up, um, let's get the Brett Favre stuff. I really don't want to talk about a guy who steals from, from, from kids and, and, and the uh, people who need it. Next up, Derek Carr. He's visiting the Saints. It sounds like the parameters of the deal are in place for a trade potentially. Uh, if Derek Carr goes to the Saints, good fit? Uh, sure, I guess. It's fine i don't think it's makes them better uh I, sure i guess i don't know uh Derek carr is a weird quarterback i i feel like he can be good but sometimes he just it, it he's very uh one day he's this next very jekyll and hyde you know um sure i guess um, i don't think it's gonna make the, i think it's more of a lateral move to be honest more than anything but Sure. Why not? Why not send him to New Orleans? I, I agree with you. I don't. He's interesting to me. I mean, if New Orleans thinks that you think a quarterback who doesn't turn it over and they're going to be this massive playoff team, then maybe. But they are in the NFC South. I mean, is he better than Andy Dalton? Yes. He's better than James Winston. Yes. So it would be an upgrade. It just depends on the cost. He's still over thirty. So, but he also struggles to win consistently, like you said. But you know, he's not as big of a detriment as who they've had. Um, you can win with him, but he's also not going to have, you know, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and a couple other things about Chris Olave, but, um, and then they also have Taysom Hill. So that's also weird. Um, and the second to last one that we'll finish up here is there's been a couple head coaching hires, Frank Reich to Carolina, Sean Payton to Denver, D'Amico Ryan to Houston, uh, Arizona and Indy are still in the market, but overall, um, do you have any favorites of those? And I'll tell you my favorite one right now is D'Amico Ryan to Houston. He has a six year deal hoping that means they don't fire him after one year like the last two minority head coaches that they've had. But D'Amico Ryan, the former linebacker for the Texans, a big-time player for them, comes over from San Francisco as a defensive coordinator. I, I don't know how that's going to work long-term, long, long term, but the fact that he got a six-year deal, he's a young coach, he's energetic, he knows the area. Um, I think that's someone that's exciting me the most. And, of course, they have that high pick in the, in the first round that they can get their quarterback right away. Or maybe they'll, they'll – Trick us, trick us and say, I'm D'Amico Ryan's. I'm a defensive guy. Give me one of these two monsters and let me build a, a big, big unit and we'll find a quarterback somewhere else. I agree. I love the D'Amico Ryan's hire. He's 38 years old, um, you know, super young. Um, I think he seems like a really good player's coach. I think he can really start building up that defense. Um, you know, to me, I love that hire. I think that brings uh, some excitement to Houston. The Sean Payton to Denver move, I I really don't know what to make of it. I think the Broncos gave up way too much to bring in a guy who may or may not revive Russell Wilson. 
Um, it, it, it's it's an odd move. I think the Broncos are kind of grasping for straws when it comes to them trying to figure out what to do. Um, so that move is odd. I, I think the Frank Reich move to Carolina is a fine move. I think Frank Reich is a solid coach and, uh, you know, we'll bring at least a couple years of stability to Carolina, hopefully. Um, so, you know, interesting hires, but, uh, I think Tamiko Ryans, I agree with you. I think he is by far my favorite move. And I think Texans fans should be feeling encouraged about that hire. And finally, we'll walk out on this one. Super Bowl this weekend, Philadelphia, Kansas City. Who wins? What are you looking forward to? I'll start real quick here, Jordan. I am thinking that the Kansas City Chiefs find a way to win. Um, just trust Patrick Mahomes a little bit more than everyone else. Andy Reid having been there before. Um, but then also, what am I looking forward to? I really don't care who wins. I'm very indifferent on this game. I, I find a hard time disliking anyone that's actually on the Chiefs other than like Patrick Mahomes' like, brother and maybe his wife, but they're not playing. So um, I'm going to say the Chiefs win, and then what I'm looking forward to, I know what you're looking forward to, but I'll say I'm looking forward to the commercials. I want a really solid lineup of some creativity this year. I'm going to say the Eagles win the Super Bowl. I think when it comes down to the matchup, I think that Chiefs secondary is very suspect, and I think a Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown is going to be a real problem for that Chiefs secondary, and I think Hassan Reddick's going to be a big difference maker on the defensive side. That's going to give the Eagles the edge to win this thing. Uh, to me, it's Rihanna, halftime show. I am so excited for Rihanna. I hope, because you know, one, she's got classic songs banger after banger she's gonna probably play some new music and potentially drop her a brand new album we've been waiting for for almost six seven years on super bowl sunday so i am beyond excited for rihanna even if the first half is terrible i'm like well we're getting a rihanna halftime show it is gonna be that good so i am very pumped I hope Rihanna absolutely kills it. And I hope it's just her, too. I don't hope she just does this like, oh, we're going to bring in this, like, you know, other, you know, three, four uh, guest singers. No, I want it Rihanna and only Rihanna. She is going to kill it. And I am so excited to see what she's going to do. But, yeah, I'm going to go Eagles uh, to win the Super Bowl. I'll be thinking about you during halftime because I know how excited you'll be. You're probably telling everyone in your home, like, shut up. I will shut be. Up, I will know, absolutely be. I will be telling everyone to shut up at 100%. It is Rihanna. I am here for this. Well, good luck with that. I do think there will be a cameo or two because, again, she's also in so many other people's songs that even those bangers that she has for her own, she has bangers where she's just associated with others. So I expect a cameo. It's just the way to go. Hopefully, like you said, not too much. It doesn't linger too long, but one or two of those will happen. But Jordan, that is all I have for us this week. Well, that will do it for another week of Two Bills and a Pod. Thank you so much for listening. We are on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio at Two Bills and a Pod. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Two Bills and a Pod. Daniel on Twitter at Greybeard Han. Me, Jordan, and Ozzy44. We hope you enjoy the Super Bowl and the conclusion of the 2022 NFL season, and we will talk to you next week. See ya! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.